Welcome to Sibylline Podcasts, part of our World Risk Register Threat Monitoring Service. These podcasts are released on a weekly basis, covering timely and relevant topics. In these discussions, we hope to shed light on evolving scenarios and provide actionable predictions and implications. We hope you enjoy listening and welcome any feedback. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest installment of our Sibylline Insight series. For today's podcast, we're going to be talking about Brexit. Uh, I'm joined here by Matt Chachowski, our Europe analyst. So, Matt, what can you go ahead and tell me about the situation? For context, it is the 22nd of March. So. Yeah, so the situation is obviously evolving very rapidly. Yesterday, on the 21st of March, the European Council granted Theresa May, our Prime Minister Theresa May, a short extension to the Brexit process and the Brexit date. The UK is now scheduled to leave the EU on the 12th of, on the 12th of April. However, if Theresa May manages to pass her withdrawal treaty, that extension could be extended further to the 22nd of May to allow for implementation of legislation around the withdrawal treaty. Now, that has been part of Theresa May's um, kind of brinkmanships, um, brinksmanship tactics to get sufficient support for the current withdrawal treaty for a while. This will increase pressure on the Eurosceptic MPs as well as the Europhile MPs to an extent. But the margin that May needs to overcome to actually get sufficient support in Parliament is still very large. Okay, so it sounds like there's a lot of different factors, a lot of different things that could be happening. Um, so is it appropriate to talk about likely scenarios, plausible scenarios, probable? What's your opinion on this? So we at Sibylline have for a while now been saying that the, 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 the scenario that May will pass a withdrawal treaty is the most likely. Now, it would perhaps be more accurate to say that's the most plausible scenario because in the overall scheme of things, there is no scenario which, which, which I would assign more than 50% likelihood to. So I would still argue that that is the most plausible outcome, and that is because there's simply no, no sufficient support for an alternative. However, recent developments suggest that the likelihood of more kind of radical or extreme outcomes, particularly a no-deal scenario, is increasing. There's a couple of key points, I think, that we should, we should keep in mind, which will shape future developments, in the, both in the coming days and in the, in the longer term. So there's been a lot of specula- speculation that the UK could uh, fundamentally change its position, for example, by agreeing to negotiate a kind of Norway-style um, deal with the EU. Now, for this to be achieved, the withdrawal treaty does not actually need to be renegotiated. The only aspect that would need to change would be the, the attached political declaration, which is not legally binding. Of course, the UK Parliament would have, would have to vote for this, and similar motions have failed in the UK Parliament in the past. But again, recent, recent developments suggest that that is, that, that is an increasing, increasing possibility. Another interesting aspect is that Theresa May continues to have her immunity to leadership challenge until December 2019 because she has been challenged within her Conservative Party in December 2018 and she, uh, she, she defeated that challenge, which means that she has immunity for the next 12 months since then. Of course, should she choose to pursue a, a softer Brexit, the hardline factions within her government could choose to block and vote down all legislation in an effort to force her to resign. But that is a fairly, fairly kind of torched earth strategy, which would probably be only a last resort. There are other interesting dates to keep in mind. 
the United Kingdom will hold municipal elections on the 2nd of May, for example, in, in both the English countryside, which predominantly voted to leave, as well as in Northern Ireland, which has been a very sensitive issue in the whole process. And there is also something that's, been, that's known as the Gordon Brown Day on 28th May, which is the date when the length of premiership of Theresa May will, will pass that of Gordon Brown, which is a, a, a kind of symbolic date. And there's been some speculation that Theresa May could be trying to hold on to her office until then to make sure that record doesn't change. Okay, so lots of different kind of plausible scenarios to keep in mind, a couple different dates to keep in mind. But overall, we do assess that the most plausible is there will be some kind of deal. But it sounds like there needs to be a couple different things that would need to happen. So in your opinion, uh, what are some of the key indicators that would increase the likelihood that we are moving towards a deal? Absolutely. So the key indicator here would be for the Northern Irish Democratic Unionist Party, the DUP, which is the coalition partner of Theresa May, to declare that they would support the deal. There's really no way, no way around this because the hardliners within May's Conservative Party are to an extent conditioning their support on the DUP agreeing to the withdrawal treaty. And unfortunately, May delivered a, a kind of Ill, ill-received speech on the 20th of March, where she appeared to blame Parliament for not supporting her deal, uh, which triggered a lot of backlash from both, um, both pro-EU and pro-Brexit MPs. And it's, it's currently questionable as to how likely May, May is to actually secure DUP support, hence why we assess that the, the, the likelihood of more kind of um, radical uh, outcomes is increasing. So all eyes on Northern Ireland and the DUP for the near future. So then moving on to what would you think is the most threatening scenario that we can look forward to in this whole Brexit saga? That is, that is of course, the, 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 the scenario that UK leaves the European Union with no deal in place. There has been, there has been speculation that this could be a kind of accidental, very disruptive Brexit. I think that is still very unlikely because the EU would still try to put mitigating measures in place to make sure that you know flights continue, road traffic goes on to to an extent. But having said that, there are still some very, very disruptive impacts of that outcome that businesses would have to account for. For example, on the 25th of March, the UK ministers could decide to activate an, a so-called Operation Yellowhammer, which is the UK's contingency plan for a no-deal Brexit which would allow ministries to effectively book places on shipments to secure shipments of f- food, fuel, medicine, and other kind of basic and uh, basic supplies. Now, some of the indications that this most threatening scenario is coming to pass will, will, be, will be seen in the, in, the votes on, in the third vote on the withdrawal treaty in Parliament, which should take place next week. Again, according to current parliamentary arithmetic, that vote seems to seems likely to fail. And whether that will lead to potentially a resignation from Prime Minister Theresa May or a motion of no confidence against the government, that is still up for debate. However, it is it is clear that the risk of these scenarios is increasing. Now, Prime Minister Theresa May has defeated a, a no confidence motion in the past by a margin of 19 votes. Since then, there have been resignations from both the Labour Party and the Conservative Party, who have formed the, the so-called independent group of MPs. That does not seem on its own sufficient enough to, to, to bring about a successful motion of no confidence against the current government. However, the margin in that, in that potential vote would probably be much narrower now. So 
with that in mind and some of the different triggers to look for, what are some of the immediate term impacts that we would see if those any of those events came to pass? So the UK and most EU governments are actually quite strongly committed to protecting the rights of each each other citizens, even in an odious scenario. That includes residency status and other kind of labor regulations, which would mitigate most of the some of the most serious impacts of this scenario. For example, short-term travel would remain visa-free for, for any 90 days within any 180-day period. However, travelers should have more than six months of validity on their passports. Now, there is, there is a slight technical issue here where UK passports can on occasion be, have a validity of long, longer than 10 years without, without having to go through renewal, uh, which is contrary to the rules in the Schengen area. And any validity over those 10 years would not count towards the six-month requirement. So that's something to keep in mind uh, for this scenario. More long-term travel and permanent placements could require a visa and a valid residency status. Some countries have already unilaterally, that is to say bilaterally with the UK, agreed to not impose such a requirement on British citizens on its whole. That includes countries like Ireland, Spain and France. So again, most of the countries where, where UK would be the most exposed. There could be some disruption to air travel. The main issue here is that the limits which are placed on UK carriers would, would remain the same in 2019 as in 2018 because there is usually an increase in those numbers and because of a no-deal scenario, that number would not increase, potentially leading to some cancellations and maybe some price increases. As, as we've seen in the, in the ongoing so-called zeal strikes by French custom officers, mm-hmm. the, the um, travel and trade by, by lorries would be the area facing the most disruption because we've seen just in the last two weeks when the strike has been going on how, how really easy it is to cause large queues of lorries uh, which, which could block up motorways. There have again been some contingency plans uh, allowing lorries to be essentially parked on motorways to allow at least at least smaller cars to pass. But again, that is of course not helpful for businesses who need those lorries to pass in the first place. In terms of in terms of protest and unrest risk, again, the UK is of course not a country which was which is a tradition of more sort of violent protests uh, as we've seen in France in recent months. But Again, the protests have been increasing. There will be two, two fairly large-scale demonstrations in London tomorrow on the 23rd of March and next weekend on the 30th of March. Overall, violence is still very unlikely, although there have been some warnings from the House of Commons issued mostly to the actual MPs to, to not travel home alone and to take taxis uh, straight, straight from the estate of the parliament to avoid verbal abuse. We could potentially see some of these some of these threat vectors impacting on businesses, particularly those who are seen as endorsing either side of the debate. But again, that is a very very unlikely uh, scenario as of now. Okay, so the biggest thing it sounds like to watch out for moving forward are just the logistical issues in the case of a no deal uh, situation, um, primarily for the lorry or truck travel. Is there anything about shipping that we should watch out for, or is that? kind of the same as what we would see with the lorries where we would have the queues and just disruption moving through customs. Shipping would again be follow a similar scenario as with the lorries as you say. What would change of course would be that the country's impact would be would be different. The Netherlands in particular which which hosts the, the largest port in Europe or in Rotterdam would be of course the most impacted but again the Dutch government has been very proactive probably one of the best really EU governments to 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 mitigate the threat of an ordeal scenario. There's, of course, only so much you can mitigate, so there probably would be some delays. But th- that, is, that is something that would be fairly in line with the lorry, lorry issue. 
Well, great. So thanks for uh, summing up a very complicated and uh, swiftly changing scenario, Matt. Uh, I'm sure that we'll be speaking again soon and look forward to hearing what new dates and triggers we have to keep in mind. As always, in any questions, please reach out to info at sibline.co.uk. We look forward to talking to you next time. Thank you for listening, and we hope you have found this podcast useful. If you would like to learn more about our services, or if you have any questions or feedback, please get in touch at info at